if people look at us and think, you know, oh, I could do that if we had that same kind of marketing budget, I think they're missing the point because the margins in real estate transactions are so high that if you're, you know, if you're working by yourself out of your home, you don't have many expenses, one deal a month and you're making great living, right? And so I think the, the main thing to take from it is all of these things that we talked about on this call, you know, SEO and pay-per-click and TV ads, anything are just tools. What the business is, is the personal connection with the people that are needing to sell their home. And that's something that anybody can do. It doesn't cost any money. And you just spend an extra 10 minutes with them and it makes all the difference in the world. Because selling a home outside the ordinary channels can be stressful for people. And if they feel, if you can put them at ease, make them feel safe, make them feel comfortable, you're gonna close more deals. And that's what the business is really all about. Hey friends, what's up? This is Brady, producer for the CareCast, and I wanted to let you know we got one quick announcement before we roll this episode. We are opening up applications for Care Camp fall this year. So mark your calendar, September 9th and 10th, the most intensive exclusive mastermind for real estate investors and agents. We're opening it up right now, and a handful of tickets are already taken by returning Care Campers. And so that's pretty exciting. We got some awesome people coming back this year. It's going to be a great event. If you want to know more about Carrot Camp, head to carrotcamp.com. Get your tickets while they're still available. Can't wait to see you. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Hey guys and gals, Trevor here. Coming at you, coming at you with another Carrot Cast. And it's been a little while since I've, um, probably about a month since I've had a, a chance to hop on with uh, one of our clients to do a, a case study call to do really a deep dive on on where did this investor come from? What are they doing now? How do they have the su- success that they're having? And also, of course, we're going to talk about the role that Carrot has played in that. Um, and on, on on today's call, I've actually got a client that I remember. Dude, I remember Carter when we hopped on the call the first time, and I was pumped. I'm like, man, I hope we I hope we can can bring these guys aboard as as a part of the Carrot ecosystem. And then fast forward to just recently, you were out here at Carrot Camp, which we'll probably dive into that a little bit too. But I want to welcome on to this episode of the Carrot Cast, Carter Steph with 1-800-2-SELL-HOMES out of uh, Oklahoma. Welcome on, man. Thank you. Great to be here. So Carter, uh, you were out here, shoot, a couple months ago uh, out here in Oregon. You brought your wife out here and uh, it, was, it was a blast being able to hang out with you and everyone else here. And so that to me is a special thing when I have a chance to meet our clients. I know it adds that extra level. Of relationship, but why don't you give people a little bit of a context of of who you are, you know, what you, what your business does, what what type of investing you do, um, and you have your your broker's license too, correct? I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so kind of lay lay the stage. What's what what size is your company? Where do you guys operate, and what type of investing do you do? Okay, um, we're we're based in Oklahoma City, and um, a couple of years ago, we sold a franchise in Tulsa. And they had an investor that was a the money. He was also a um, had some real estate experience, but the people that were actually running the company didn't have any real estate experience at all. So it didn't go very well, and we ended up um, taking over the half interest. And so we're a half owner of the franchise in Tulsa, mm-hmm. and we're now doing pretty well. Um, and then uh, you're also uh, buying in Northwest Arkansas. And we we ran a few ads in North Texas and then pulled out of that um, because we, the market we were in we found out wasn't 
exactly what we thought it was. It was high end stuff. So, um, so we're primarily Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and Northwest Arkansas. And what we do is we are a wholesaler from the standpoint that the people that we sell to are usually 95% are going to be a, an investor themselves, that they're either to rehab it or uh, to flip or rehab it to, uh, to rent. The difference between pure wholesaling, what we do is we always take title. Uh, and we think that gives us a competitive advantage. And a lot of people will actually be able to buy for lower price because you're literally able to close in a couple of days. Yep. I'm an attorney. I'm also a broker. So we, we do the title work in-house. It saves us the cost of that. Um, and that gives us the ability to, you know, I mean, we can have, you know, one of our buyers will call from the house and say, Hey, they need to close on Friday. Can we do that? And you know, we can, we can make it happen. So um, I think that that's probably the biggest difference between what most people, at least most people in Oklahoma city are doing. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too, because that's something we talk a, a lot right now on the carrot side of things about how do you stand out? How do you differentiate? And, and it's not always the visual of your branding or like what you put on your website. That's a part of it. You know, that, that can help, but a lot of it is the offer. It's the unique selling proposition that you have that how do you gain an advantage in the actual service to solve their problem better than someone else. And so as people are listening to this episode of the Carecast, I want you guys to think about that. Think about what Carter said there, that they have figured out ways to gain an advantage in their offering to where if someone really does need to close fast, they can. And they've even added more margin and more speed by having some of the other stuff in-house like title. So I want you guys all to think about that. How do you add more of the, the transaction, make it speed up to, to stand out? Um, so what, what hap- what, where, where are you guys right now with your business? I know you've got a team uh, out here at Carrot Camp. I think you probably, out of the ones who were there this time, you probably had the larger uh, team this, this round. How big is your team? Uh, what is what does an average month look for you look like for you guys or maybe what's 2019 going to look like for you guys as far as transaction volume or that kind of mm-hmm. thing? Um, we the way we evaluate a month is based on the um, the what we sell and then the net income from that. So, cool. but you know, after our cost, uh, we don't necessarily track. I mean, we do track it, but we don't we don't worry so much about the number of transactions because. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to get a high volume of transactions, but you're getting five or $10,000 per deal. Yep. You know, I'd much rather do one transaction and get 40. So, um, so that's really what we focus on. And our goal is to always do a minimum of 80,000 a month. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've done as high as a hundred and, uh, 132 was our best month for that was about two months ago. Cool. And that's profit. It sounds like that that's profit, right? Well, that's, that's gross profit. Gross I mean, profit. Yeah. That's so, you know, overhead and things like that come out of that. But yeah, that's, that's um, after, after the cost of the acquisition and then closing cool. everything else. I, I love it. And so, you know, that's kind of our, our metric. Um, we track really closely. Um, and we, 2018, I guess also I should back up and say that uh, my partner, Trevor, and I, I bought the company in 2016. Mm. And the company's been around for 30 years in Oklahoma city has done, you know, $30,000 worth of TV commercials a month, you know, so there's millions of dollars in brand name here. Mm-hmm. You ask anybody in town and they know us, Yep. you know, we're as familiar as car dealers and, you know, all the big name people. Cool. And so when we bought the company, um, you know, the, there was already this track record. And when we, we took over in June or July 1st of 2016, so we had a half year 
then 2017 was our first full year. And then 2018, we actually did um, 5.2 million in gross sales and our net sales was uh, over a million for the first time. Cool. So That's a big deal. Fantastic year. And um, we'll circle back on this, but I, I attribute at least a portion of that growth to switching over to Carrot. But um, and so far this year, um, we've had our two, two of our best months ever this year already. Mm. We're on track to, to be um, between 20 and 40% higher than 2018 this year. Dude, so one, one thing I want to point out there is, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about real estate market shifting, things like that. And, and you're having like some of the lower end of the market, some of the newer investors who aren't figuring out their way to find their place. And, and some of them are having a tougher time. Not all of them, some of them. Um, and then you talk to some of the higher end investors as well. I've got a buddy down in Florida and he's like, man, I'm still doing the volume, but my margins are shrinking. And so he's trying to figure that out. Um, are you finding it sounds like you're growing the top line? Uh, sounds like, are your margins shrinking? Are you guys making about the same per deal you were making? Is it growing? Is it shrinking? Well, uh, one of the things that we did when we took over the company is that we, the prior owner was, was focused on, on what he would call home runs. Um, he wanted the big margins and would walk away from anything tight. Hmm. And we intentionally decided to not do that anymore. That we wanted, that we wanted, we felt that there were three areas of growth. One was increasing the lower margin deals, uh, which was untapped for our company. And then working on increasing the margins on other deals and then just increasing the number of deals to everything overall. That was the three areas that we wanted to focus on. Mm -hmm. So we intentionally started getting those, those tighter deals. Um, but again, because of the way we operate, um, we, you know, we, we never felt like we had much risk in it because we were paying cash for it. We've got the property, we've got title to it. So worst case, we know it's a rental. Mm, yep. And we actually um, put together a portfolio of 18 properties doing that, but we decided they were just too tight. So we, and then we sold the portfolio. Hmm. We ended up getting the margins back, given up and we got some rent for a year. Um, so, we we actually have a property that just went under contract yesterday that is our highest margin ever. Um, I think our, our average margin shrunk since we purchased the company, but again, that was primarily because we intentionally were doing that. Yep. So if you look at it on a deal by deal basis, I think we're actually the margins are, are slightly better than they have been. Cool. I, I love it, man. We're gonna dive in we're gonna dive in quite a bit on the marketing side of things. Uh, as well, because I know that's when we connected, uh, you, me, Pete, and I think it was Trevor and your team got on a phone call and, and you guys had a really pretty looking awesome custom site. And we'll get into this here in a bit and how that transition happened and the results afterwards. Um, but it was cool because because when, when we had a chance to kind of peek behind the scenes of your business, you're the, uh, from, you're the largest home buyer in Oklahoma City, correct? Yeah, right. right. You guys are the largest home buyer. You bought that business in 2016. What were you doing before 2016? Um, I was hired by the company as general counsel oh, cool. in 2014 and um, Trevor had been with the company since 2005 mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I was the general counsel then uh, I had my broker's license I've had it since for 20 years and so I was recognizing that we were having properties that we referred out to realtors and they kind of disappeared into the woods and we'd never 
see for every once in a while, the check would show up for a referral fee, but very rarely. And I said, I've got my broker's license. Why don't we start a brokerage and we can refer things directly to the brokerage. And so we started that in 2015 and um, we were the fastest growing brokerage in Oklahoma city and did absolutely no marketing all <laughs> stuff to ourselves. Um, and we, we hired three realtors and just started exploding. So then when we bought the company, I was already the broker. So we kept that company, which is separate. Um, and we're continuing to operate that. Cool. Cool. So let, let's dig into the marketing mix here now. So okay. when, when we were on the call originally a year, year and a half ago, when you guys made the transition to carrot, I know you guys are doing a ton of TV advertising. Um, the, the, the period prior to that, I think you guys are doing a lot of radio. I don't remember what the rest of the marketing mix is, but let's go back to at that point. Before you came aboard Carrot, what did your marketing mix look like then? Uh, how has it changed over the past year, year and a half, if any? Um, and well, where, where is uh, where's the most of the stuff coming from right now? Okay, so what happened was when we bought the company, we, we had felt for several years that TV was, was going to be losing its influence. And, you know, with people, you know, cutting their cable and, and, you know, watching more YouTube and things like that, that it was going to lose its influence. We didn't want to give that up because we had the brand recognition. So we knew we were going to go into a more of a digital realm, but we weren't sure exactly how to do that. Mm. So we started doing, uh, we, you know, we did a, a paid pay-per-click, you know, managed service that somebody was doing for us. And um, we were spending um, not a lot of money and not very effectively. We weren't getting very many leads at all. Um, and I primarily attribute that to our website because one of the things I told you is once we switched to Carrot, the site went live and, you know, there was a couple of test form fills that, that we did and that you guys did. And then after that, I think we got our first form filled out, I think the second day it was live. And mm -hmm. we won the entire time with our old site that we spent thousands of dollars on. So we were just ecstatic with that. Well, I think that also improves the pay-per-click because getting somebody to your site, if they don't fill out a form, does you no good. Uh, and so uh, we were, our intentions were to shift more towards uh, pay-per-click and away from TV. And so we started dropping our TV budget and uh, increasing our pay-per-click. With the, the carrot site, we now have about half of our leads are SEO based and half of our internet leads are, are pay-per-click pay and we have a lot of phone calls from the TV ads. So um, we feel like we've got a pretty good mix there. What's happened is that our leads are better at this point. So our referrals to the brokerage are down because we're buying more of the leads we're getting because gotcha. people are finding us that really need us as opposed to people that are picking up the phone and calling randomly. So, um, you know, that's the one negative side of it is that the brokerage is, is you know, we're having to do some other marketing and things like that. Mm -hmm. but, um, so what we've done now is we've got a pretty good balance between TV and pay-per-click. We're doing about half and half, right? As opposed to we were doing about four times as much on TV before. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, I think we're getting a good balance and we're actually this month, we're, going, we're dropping our TV budget by about 40% to see if that has an effect on the leads. Dude, that, that'd be interesting right there because like you said, the, the company even well before you guys bought it or had already been investing so heavily into TV. So like the brand awareness in your markets, it's heavy. 
Um, hmm, that, that'll be really interesting. Let, let me know the results on that later because if, since you already have the brand awareness, many people are probably going to think about you guys anyway, possibly Google you, but I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah, we'll see. That'll be really cool. So on, on the PPC side and the, and the TV side of things, um, what does it look like as far as overall budgets? Um, if you want to share, you don't have to share this stuff if you don't want to, but what do overall budgets look like? And um, one thing that you mentioned in the email after you switched over to Carrot was, and this is something a lot of people don't think about, man, is, is oftentimes they think about the front end conversion. They think about, oh yeah, better, you know, Carrot is a better converting website, i.e. it's going to convert more of your visitors into leads. But one thing that you had mentioned, which is really cool, is that those leads actually then converted into deals at a much higher rate. Right. Um, so what does your overall budget look like on TV, PPC kind of thing, if you wouldn't mind sharing? And then uh, what, what did change as far as your performance of lead to close ratio after you switched over to the Carrot platform? Okay. Um, historically, before we bought the company, the TV budget was ranged between twenty dollars and $30,000 a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was really kind of a shoot from the hip kind of thing. You know, it's like leads are down, we'll add 5000 to the budget. You know, leads were great last month, we can pull a little back, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And there was not a whole lot of planning to it. Yep. So, uh, when Trevor became more involved in the, in the kind of the management of the company before we bought it, that was one of the things that we wanted to work on was, was figuring out the metrics of, of where leads were coming from and, and have a plan on it. So we started to kind of implement that, but the budget was not up to us. And so then once we bought the company, um, and we were also doing uh, pay-per-click at the time, but we were spending, you know, $1,500 a month, mm-hmm. you know, nothing. Um, so then when we, when we took over, we cut the TV budget um, down to about 10000 a month, and we started increasing the the. Uh, pay-per-click and we also started advertising on Bing as well as Google and so what we've seen is that budget has grown over time um, and so what we're at now is we're, we're this month we're going to switch to 10,000 on TV we were at 17 we're going to drop it to 10 and then we're running about 8,000 on pay-per-click just in the city and then we also have Tulsa and Northwest Arkansas um, and so we you know again we feel like that's a pretty good a pretty good ratio um, historically we closed about 7% of our leads. And when I say leads, um, there was some discussion at camp, about what, you know, what people call a lead. Yep. And the way we track leads is if someone calls or fills out a form, we don't consider it a lead until it's, it's input in the CRM and forwarded to a buyer so that we make sure that it's a real person, a real address. Um, you know, if there's somebody on the other end. So uh, there's a lot of things that are, you know, tossed out in that, mm-hmm. but we would, so historically we closed about 7% of those. Since we've switched over to carrot, that average is, has risen to about 20%. So overall our leads are down fairly significantly from what they were, but we're closing a much higher percentage. So we're actually closing more deals. So we, you know, we, we feel like it's much more cost effective Yep. because you know, when you look at your, the the metrics on on things and you have the cost per lead you know you don't mind a four hundred dollar cost per lead because you know we all know in real estate that those leads are worth ten twenty thirty forty thousand dollars yep um but you know when you're paying a very high amount per click that doesn't turn into a lead well that's a lot of wasted dollars and so 
that's that's where we want to focus is making sure that we we have um, effective conversion rate on those leads that we get in and it fully justifies what we're paying. Man, and that's something a lot of investors, I want, I want you guys and gals that are listening to us to really focus on the metrics like Carter and his team are because when you can pull one of those levers, it could be a conversion rate lever on the, the visitor to a lead. That's a big lever. You know, that was as soon as he moved over to Carrot, that was a big lever that got pulled. Cool. Now we're making more of this traffic actually get converted into some sort of a lead. But then the other lever was then how do you actually increase the lead to close ratio? I can tell you guys how that happened with the Carrot site. Um, cause it, it's, it's not by chance. I can tell you how that increased, but then the next part of it is, you know, Carter's got a team that has been doing this for a long time that then including, then further probably increases that lead to close ratios by adjusting the way they're negotiating things like that. But guys track those things, track those things because you know, when I talk to a lot of investors and if they're, if they're wanting to ramp up their business, the first thing I do is I go to their, how, what's your, what's your lead to close ratio? Because if we have a lever there that we can pull, add more credibility to your website, get better follow-up in place, answer those calls live, you know, immediately return uh, those text messages you get from your Carrot website, like tap the darn phone number right away and call them. Uh, what are the things? What are some of the things that you guys are doing right now to have such a high lead to close ratio? So you're closing about one in one in five. Is it about one in five? Um, are you answering your calls live? What are you guys doing after the lead comes in to really close at a high ratio? So we are. Uh, we have three admins that are in the office during normal office hours. And the, the rule is if the phone rings, you drop whatever you're doing and answer it. Um, so we try and have a live person on the phone um, whenever we can. We also have a live answering service for after hours. Um, and they're, they're here locally. It's a company that we know. We can walk down there and talk to the people who are answering the phones. We actually know there's three people that answer our phones. So we know. Um, and so we, we have a little bit more control over that than a typical answering service. Um, so I think that's, that's the, one of the main priorities. So when, when the answering service gets the call, they just take very basic information and then, um, it's turned, converted into an email that goes out and then we immediately forward that email to a buyer. And the goal is to call somebody back, um, within an hour. Mm. Um, and if it's during office hours, it's within five minutes. Yep. And we believe that's probably our biggest uh, asset is because you know we get there first because we're we're talking to them within you know a few minutes of them deciding that they're going to fill out the form or make the phone call or whatever and we've got somebody there ready to negotiate with them. The other thing that we do is we because of the way we do our leads and we and we kind of kill some of them in the in the early stages. We try to have a buyer in the house on every lead. Mm. It's a face-to-face meeting, building credibility, um, and you know, getting to know what their what their pain point is. Um, you know, as as we all know, when somebody is thinking about selling their house outside of a, the traditional real estate market, there's a reason, yeah. and to find that reason and show them how, even though they might not be getting the highest price, it's going to solve that problem for them, and then they can move on. And so, um, I think that's our two two biggest things is is always a face-to-face meeting and immediate response. Are, are you guys showing up when you're showing up to those meetings? Are you guys showing up with like logoed shirts? You guys kind of, what's the presentation when you're showing up there? Is it, Hey, I'm just a dude buying a house or is it the, the brand showing up the logoed shirts, the whole thing? Um, we don't have the logo shirts. We have logo shirts. We're not requiring the buyers to wear that. Uh, it's been kind of an issue. Um, some of them don't like it. Uh, one of the things that we found out 
uh, a while ago is that people don't like like you know the cars that are wrapped and say we buy houses and things like that because they don't want their neighbors to know what's going on. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. You know, because they're a little bit embarrassed that they're calling us sometimes. So, right. um, you know what uh, what we try and do is um, address it from a friendly standpoint, a personal standpoint, and. Um, our number one buyer right now is probably the best buyer we've ever had. He's been with us for two years and he's just fantastic at that. You know, he'll sit with the little old lady on the couch and pat her knee and you know, watch the soap opera with her or whatever it takes. And, um, and that is the, the main thing is building that personal connection. Mm-hmm. So it, it's funny, Brian Rockwell, um, he's coming back for the next carrot camp in September. He was at, I think two carrot camps ago and um, new investor as of a few years ago, but came out hot and he did 700 grand his first year in Dallas. And then the second year he started to see his, his deals go down a little bit. Now his leads were about the same as his SEO rankings didn't really change. Um, His, his lead to close ratio changed. And so what helped him increase it back up was he got a couple tips from some guys when we were together and they're like, just spend more time with the seller, actually build a relationship. Just like you're saying there, right? Spend more time, build a relationship, be genuine, actually understand their problem. Like you said, and that's something I think a lot of newer investors miss. They're just like, Hey, I'm going to make offers, walk in, walk out, leave, do the thing. And, um, that's what Brian was doing before. He's like, you, you get all mad if they didn't accept the offers. Like, why aren't people accepting these offers? They were last year. And the second he goes, you know what, I'm just going to slow it down, spend more time with them and just really understand it. He started to get his, his lead to close ratio back up. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like a big deal for you guys too. Yeah. So with, with that, I want, I want to kind of dig in that lead to close ratio thing again. So you guys took it from about 7% to 20%. Once again, the reason I want to spend some time on this is because in the market we're in where there's a lot of competition, it isn't always, it isn't always just getting more leads. Oftentimes it's closing the ones you've got at a better rate. Because um, there's so many deals that are falling through people's fingertips because they're not positioning themselves correctly on the website. So if, if people are wondering, well, how did the website uh, increase the lead to close ratio? The way it happened was their previous website, it was beautiful. We're going to talk about it here in a bit. It was beautiful, but it wasn't structured in a way to where it actually addressed the seller's concerns or questions in the order that they come up in their mind. It didn't put the credibility in the right spots. It didn't make it easy to engage in the website easily. Um, and so when we took care of all that and got the credibility in the right spots, we got the navigation and the pages laid out in the way that people think psychology wise, um, and, and just certain things that we've learned over the years, you pre-frame that experience for the seller. You're pre-framing the experience before they ever even give them a call. They have, they ha- you have an advantage in their mind versus the three or four other investors they maybe have seen. And so that's what we helped Carter, uh, and his team do is pre-frame the experience better. You know how they can solve the problem better. You know that they've done it with a lot of people better. You know they're great people because they have a good about page. That was a weakness on your previous website. We're like, hey, we got to beef this up. And when we do, people understand that you're real people and yeah, and you're you're nice people. And once we able to, we're able to take care of that, in addition to just the the high converting structure of making things easier to click and in the right spots, that alone tip the scale that ever little slight, like it's not even this big thing. It's like you could tip it a little bit that increases your lead to close ratio a big way because the three or four other competitors slough off immediately because um, their, their credibility profile isn't there. Um, is that, have you guys, and this isn't a loaded question. If the answer is no, it's no. I'm just kind of curious. Do you know, have you guys had any feedback from sellers of them mentioning uh, anything about the website? Hey, I saw this or I saw that and that was part of their decision or is that something you guys haven't really 
documented that? Um, the, the two things that they comment on most is the, um, the, the graphic that we have that shows the process, four steps. Um, actually, we had one person at the closing just last week say that, you know, it's funny because that is exactly the steps. That's exactly what happened. And that's so good because when you see that on the website, then you, you know, you get the phone call, you know what the next step is. And so it made it a less stressful process for them. Mm -hmm. The thing is the about page. Um, because a lot of times uh, investors will have a website and you can't even tell who, who owns the company, who they are. Um, you know, you look at the address and it's a, it's a PO box or something like that. And, you know, we have a picture of our office building uh, on the website, addresses on the website. Um, we have my picture, Trevor's picture, story about us. And a lot of people have commented that they like the feel of dealing with somebody that is in the community and that they, you know, that they know. Dude, so that, that right there, guys, I've been preaching this for years. Please go to your Darn About page. I was looking at two customers today at their websites, and they hadn't changed the Darn Default About page. And just go on there and put some stuff about you guys. Even if, even if you're a brand-new investor, put why you're investing. So they, they feel that, that, that you're a that you're real person. Or another uh, client of ours I was looking at, they were a newer investor, and they actually put, like you said, the community involvement things they've been doing. Hey, been part of Rotary for 15 years, and da-da-da-da when helping them with this project, we'd love to help you. It is why we're passionate about doing what we're doing. Those little things, people want to work with people that they, that they know, or they feel like they can uh, know, I like, can trust, which is, which is amazing. Um, so with, with that increase of lead to close ratio, your average profit per deal, we didn't get into this, but I know it's different in every part of the country. What's, what's your guys' average profit per deal up there in, in Oklahoma? The, uh, the average for the market, if you talk to the board of realtors, is 132,000. Um, our average, is you know we tend to be on the on the lower end, um, so our average is probably around seventy thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, when I mean, we bought one last week for eight thousand, um, yep. we also bought one last week for two hundred thousand. So you know, there's a, there's a big spread there. I mean, we'll, you know, the way we look at it is if we can figure out a way to make money, we'll do it. I mean, we yep. don't have specific parameters, but um, I think for Real estate investment market in Oklahoma City, I think we're pretty much average. I mean, that's, that's going to be the house that is needing work or whatever. Um, so I think we're, you know, that's probably about the average for everybody that's doing, doing what we do. Cool. So that's the average sales price. Um, and then what's the, what's the average profit per deal right now? Are you guys pulling 10000 20000 um, Our Our average is right just under $20,000, uh, $18,900, something like that. Um, but it's, it's creeping back up because we're starting to get some higher margin deals and still focusing on the lower end, the lower margins. Cool. So I'm going to do some quick uh, back of the nap, napkin math. And this is what I want to do for people. Okay. And this is something I was so excited when, when we had a chance to work with you guys. And the funny thing is like, it's never guaranteed. It's never, Oh my gosh. I'm like 100% sure with zero shreds of doubt that when they make the switch, this is exact thing's going to happen. We're very confident it's going to happen. But um, I was insanely pumped to see the email from you. So if your average profit for deal is just shy of 20 and you're able to increase your lead to close ratio from 7% to about 20%, I'm just going to make an assumption here. Okay, let's just make an assumption. This probably isn't the number of leads you're getting. I'm just going to use a round number because it's easy math, right? Um, let's say you're getting, I'm not, I guess I could look in there, but let's say that you're getting a lead a day, right? Let's say a lead a day in there. So that'd be 30 leads a month. And if you're closing 
20% of those, so times 0.2, that would be um, I'd be six, you know, five to six around there. If, if there's 30 to 40 leads a month, that's probably about a five to six deals. If your average profit per deal is 20,000 bucks, let's times that, 20,000 bucks, that's about 120,000. Once again, these are rough numbers, guys. These aren't Carter's numbers. These are back of the napkin numbers I'm doing right now to illustrate something. Um, so that's about $120,000 right there in gross profits. And so that's at the 20%. Now let's divide that by half, by half and that's being generous because that's how much, um, you know, that, that would be 10% lead to close ratio then. So we're gonna divide that by half and that's even still higher than what you guys are doing before. That's an extra $60,000 right there. Now, once again, I'm not saying this is what actually happened. I'm saying this is what the math shows in this case. But just by increasing the, the, the visitor lead ratio, increasing the lead to the close ratio, um, uh, theoretically, it's probably somewhere between $20,000 and maybe fifty dollars to $60,000 a month in increased revenue that he has right there just from better performance. Uh, not to mention the SEO rankings you've got now, which let's kind of shift over in, into that now. Now, is, is that number, Carter, I guess? Once again, those are really rough numbers, man. I'm not going to hold you to it, nor am I saying those are your numbers. Um, but is that a close representation of possibly what happened as far as the extra value now recaptured or the, the, or the deals and profits you were likely losing before? I think that's, on average, that's probably pretty accurate, yeah. Cool. So uh, you guys were able to recapture you know, at least um, shoot, I mean, six figures a year in, in, in yeah. new revenue that was being lost because of an underperforming website. That's a big deal. Cool. So let's go to SEO now. So I know when we were chatting, that was one thing that you guys ranked really well for your company name, of course, and you guys were capitalizing on that because you do all the, you have a lot of um, offline marketing going. And so people are going to Google, Googling your company and great brand you guys have there and they'd find you. Uh, the, the site before it sounds like wasn't converting great. But um, what were you guys doing with SEO before? Were you guys focusing on it at all? Um, and then what have you done since then? Cause it sounds like you guys are pulling a good amount of SEO leads now. Mm -hmm. Um, well, uh, before I was with the company, we did, um, the, you know, the black hat SEO stuff we had a farm in the Philippines that was you know, writing articles that were fake and all that stuff. Yeah. We're killing it on SEO, and then we got blacklisted by Google. And so when I joined the company, we were trying to, to build that back up organically. And it was really a struggle because we didn't have um, people that wanted to spend the time on writing an article. You know, we at the time, we didn't have the staff to do it. You know, the, it, was just, it was just a struggle. Um, and so when, when we took over the company, we were basically doing nothing on SEO. Um, and, you know, I was trying to educate myself on the, on the process and figure out if there was something we could do. And then that's when we found Investor Carrot and it kind of solved two problems. One, we had a website that was not producing any leads. Um, and then two, we were not doing anything with uh, organic SEO. And so we, you know, we, we felt a, a double advantage by, by switching because of that after we had talked on the phone. So, um, so what we do is we, we just follow the playbook that you guys gave us and we, we publish uh, an article a week. We have a website for Oklahoma City, we have a separate website for Tulsa, and we have a website for our brokerage. And each one of those publishes one article a week. Um, we link to those articles in Facebook um, and well, all social media, Twitter and everything to, to bring out the exposure in that. And 
you know, we're just, we're, we're killing it because we're now actually getting leads from SEO. Mm-hmm. Half, half of our online leads are, are organic now. So, so with, with those articles or those ones you guys are writing in house, are they the, the automated ones from our content marketing system? Um, we're, we're doing, we're using the content that, that you all provide and then we're customizing it quite a bit. We're plugging Perfect. in pictures, we're putting in, uh, you know, local sites, um, you know, things, uh, any, physical structures, buildings and parks and things like that. We add where we can. Um, and so we, we, I would say that we, you know, use 90% of what you all provide and then just put a nice local polish on it. Um, we're getting ready to start implementing videos with those, but we haven't gotten to that yet. Cool. We're, you know, we're putting in our own local pictures and things like that. I love it. So here at Care Camp, Tyler Ford, who was here when, when you were here, uh, that's part of his strategy too. He takes those, those content pro articles, the content marketing system articles, does the same thing. A, a lot of people kind of schedule them up and they, they let them go, which, which is great. And in some markets, that's going to get a great ranking if there's not a, lot of, not a lot of other people using that same article. But to really give it an edge, do exactly what you guys are doing and Tyler's doing is go in there, schedule the puppies up. They're going to be in draft mode until they're set to actually go live and just click edit and go in there and add pictures like Carter's saying, tweak it up a bit. And that's going to save you a lot of time versus going out there and paying someone or yourself, right, uh, researching which keywords to write for, writing the articles, making sure it's written correctly for SEO and for conversion, and then getting it on there and publishing it. You're essentially going in there and cutting out that two hours of work for article and just uh, doing it in a very minimal amount of time, getting a better result. So that's a great, great tip, guys, uh, to start to use that part of our, our system and the Concept Pro and Advanced Marketer plans uh, in a lot better way. Well, um, and actually, I got that idea from from Tyler when we oh, were perfect um, because he was talking about SEO that he was doing, and we'd been publishing the articles, but we weren't doing much in customization. We were doing a little bit, and after I talked to him, uh, that's when we decided to just jump all in on that. And so we've, we've been fully implementing that and, and customizing it completely. So cool. I love it. So I'm looking at your SEO keyword uh, page here and I'm not showing it on the screen here, but you guys are using the, the rankings tracker. You've got you know, a bunch of keywords in there tracking and that's kind of the nature of SEO. Some of them go up, some of them go down, some kind of stay stagnant uh, for a bit. But you've got your brand searches pretty much nailed. You're you know, obviously number one for those ones. Um, you are now top 10. It looks like, it looks, it looks like you jumped 20 spots just recently, uh, for sell my house fast Tulsa, which is sweet. And then the Oklahoma city phrases, it, it kind of depends on, on which phrase it is particularly, but you've got some of them in the top 10. Uh, you have some of them for Oklahoma wise in the top 10, some of them are on page two. And that's going to be what's exciting, man, is over the next six to eight to 12 months, there's kind of executing the playbook, getting some more backlinks going, um, maybe tweaking up those pages a bit and starting to see those rankings pop even more. Um, but that was something that we weren't really seeing when we were hopping on the call with you guys before you made the switch is, is those more generic search phrases for Oklahoma, Oklahoma city. They weren't really on the radar, but just even making that switch over here, doing the content. Uh, we, you came through our concierge service. We had a chance to rewrite your content in a better way. That alone started to raise the ships. Now some backlink building would be probably the next step to, some some white hat backlink building this time. Keep keep it in in states. White hat back. Follow the three lead per day. I know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so a couple more questions, man. Then I'll let you go. And I know it's later on your side. So um, this is this is something I just want to kind of dig into the decision that you made. I mean, you're, you're doing. You guys are doing amazing things on the investment side, and we could dig in all day long about um, how how you're, you guys are negotiating and 
and how you guys are building your team. And maybe those are things we'll talk about in a future one. But I know one of the bigger pain points a lot of people have right now is the marketing side of it. We dove into marketing a bunch there, give you guys perspective on what the business looks like, some of the metrics, how some of it's happening. So you guys can start to look at it. But you guys already had, like you said, uh, I just want to bring this, this subject home here. You guys already had a custom site that you'd invested a good amount of money into. Um, do you guys remember approximately what you guys invested into that custom site when it was built way back when? <laughs> I remember exactly what it was because it was painful. Um, yeah, we, we paid, uh, $5,000 for the website design. Um, and then we were paying $749 a month for the web hosting. Okay. Okay. So five grand up front, about uh, 750 bucks a month for the hosting and whatever is involved there. Were, were they like making updates for you or something? What, what, what was involved? Um, in I, you know, as best I could tell, they just kept the lights on. <laughs> Dude, I'm in the, I'm in the wrong business, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not very much. And, and again, this was the marketing company. They were, they were doing our TV advertising and they were branching out into web design and things like that. They didn't really have a web design department. So it was all kind of new to them. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we, in hindsight, you know, we probably should have shopped that around a little bit more. We talked to two other companies, but because they were already doing our TV advertising, we decided to go with them. Yep. And that's crazy common, right? Like, and, and that's, that's such a common, I wouldn't call it a mistake. I think it's a common uh, thing that many businesses do is they reach out to that local firm, uh, their cousin Eddie or whatever it is that can build a website and they think a website is a website and you guys had a beautiful looking site. But I know when we hopped on there, I immediately saw some things that could lift it. You never know how much it's going to lift it until you put it out there in the wild. But there are some things I immediately knew that we could lift. Um, so we, we had that initial call and I know that there was a, t a little bit of a time period between the time that we had that call and you guys made the decision to, to make a move to carrot kind of, what were you looking at? What were you evaluating? Were you looking at other options? Um, were you looking at another option going custom? Like were there other options you were looking at? What pushed you over the edge to, to move over as the top home buyer in your market uh, to, to carrot? Well, historically our company has operated by, saying, you know, we can, we can figure out what other people are doing and, and do it in-house because we've got people, we've got staff, you know, there's no, there's no problem with, with having the bodies to be able to do something. And the, the thought of trying to have our staff write articles and do the things, because in the, in the learning process, which started basically with, with you guys, and then we looked around at other, op, uh, other options, um, we recognized that that in order to grow SEO, we had to do things differently than what we were doing. Hmm. The, the idea of trying to do that in-house and you know figure it out um, was not very appealing. And <clears throat> we looked at um, some of the sites that you sent us to that were investor carrot sites that you've done in other markets, and they had enough of the custom look for us to feel like we would differentiate from the local investors that are also using this, the investor carrot sites, um, but also give us the benefit of not having to, to recreate content. Um, and the, the thing that really got us comfortable with it was, um, I think it was our, I think we had, I think you and I had two calls together. It was the second call when we were, you know, you were basically reassuring us that I promise you, your site's going to look like your site. Um, it's, it's not, and it's, but we're going to be able to put the things in it that will generate the, the, uh, leads that you're looking for. Mm. That really is what, what tipped the scale for us because we, we felt like 
Um, you know, we wouldn't have to recreate the wheel. We, uh, you know, gained some trust by talk, looking at the other sites and talking to some other people that we felt like you guys would follow through on what you said you were going to do. And, you know, you absolutely did. Cool. And, you know, I don't mind telling anybody that, you know, it's one of the best business decisions we made as a company was switching over. And, um, you know, so I, I, anybody that's going to talk to me about getting involved in real estate, I'm going to tell them if you're going to be on the web, you got to get an investor carrot site because that's, that's the only way to go. I love it, man, dude. I, I appreciate it big time. And dude, it, it, that stuff never gets old. I mean, you know, we have almost 6,000 active members now and we don't get a chance to meet um, a lot of our customers because we're hanging out in Roseburg, Oregon, right? We're not like metropolis of house flippers here, but um, we get a chance to meet them at carrot camps when I go to events. And when, when I hear that, what, what, what that equals to me is this Carter is, is your company is able to gain more consistency and predictability in your lead flow. Um, it, it means your company is able to really start to level out some of that lead flow and get rid of some of the boom and bust. Um, you're able to pull in some of the marketing dollars from other sources and have them work better over here. And what, what does that help with? I mean, I'm not saying that this is a direct result of it before, before we even hopped on here. One of the things that we, we were talking about was some of that work life balance. And, and um, I, I do want to dig into that just for the last five minutes here on, on that one tip that you're starting to do. Cause I think that's something a lot of entrepreneurs should do. But that's what I'm really after is how do we help people have businesses that are more consistent, more predictable, so you can finally like have more flexibility and freedom in your role. And mm -hmm. uh, you get that with better lead flow. And um, that's something that pumps me up because I know when that happens, the entrepreneurs, they, they enjoy their work more. You're able to make more of an impact. Um, and that's what it's all about, man. There's way too many entrepreneurs out there that have businesses that they hate. And a lot of it's because their lead flow is, is structured terribly. Mm -hmm. um, and they're dropped, they're just leaving so many, you know, low hanging fruit on the table. But, um, let's kind of shift over into that, that, that last little topic there that on the personal side of things, uh, work-life balance this is something we talked about quite a bit at carrot camp. You know, how do you have more icky guy as I, as I explained it, more flow, more happiness in your work, more balance. And, um, what are some things you're doing right now that you're testing out that, uh, that either are working or that you're seeing good, good signals from. Uh, that are helping you enjoy your business work and get better work done? Well, you know, I, I love what I do here. And, um, and I, I loved it before I bought the company and loved it even more when it became my company. Um, and so, you know, it's always fun to, to do what you love. Um, but what I found myself doing right after we bought the company is I was working constantly. And so I, I got, I came to an agreement with my wife that at, you know, certain times we're going to, you know, I'm going to put down my phone to close the laptop and we're going to just pay attention to each other. So we had been doing that for a while, but one of the things, and I don't remember who it was that was speaking, but talked about uh, working a half day, mm. how that, that would make them more productive. And where it clicked with me is I was getting ready to leave for carrot camp. And so it was going to be a, a short week and in the office, for a few hours and I got everything done because I knew I couldn't do it tomorrow because I was flying out. And so that after, after that recognition, recognition, and then the, the conversation at carrot camp, it dawned on me that if you treat every day, like you're leaving town tomorrow, you get more done. And the benefit is, is that you're, you're getting home earlier, enjoying time with your family and things like that. So what I've started doing is um, I come in, a half hour to an hour before everybody gets here. And that gives me a chance to focus my day. 
and I've always done that at home. I get up and, you know, look, check my emails, deal with anything that needs to be dealt with, and then start thinking through the process of the day. But I think it's more effective when you do it at work. Mm. In work mode, you're there, you've got all your resources. And so, um, so I, my day hasn't really changed that much. I just go to the office a little bit earlier and then I do my normal morning routine at the office instead of at home. And then I try and leave by four o'clock every day. Mm. Um, and you know, that gets me home, uh, with, with the kids, with my wife. Um, you know, I still am, you know, you have to check your email and you have things that you got to do, but, um, it gives me a little bit more of that balance. And so that, that's something that I think has been real effective for me personally, that was a direct result of, of Carrot Camp and those, those conversations we had on that second day. Man, there's, there's something called Parkinson's Law. And what Parkinson's Law states essentially is that whatever container we give something, you know, whatever time container, whatever it is, uh, the, the, your, time, your, your, your items tend to fill it. Right. So if you give yourself eight hours to do all these things, it will probably take you eight hours to do the things. If, if you give yourself six hours to do the things, you'll likely get those things done in six hours because you're going to be more focused. And that's something I still struggle with, Carter. I, I, I do for sure. And we were talking about, about it before this, that when I, when I do that and show up earlier, man, I, I'm, I'm on fire. I, I get things done before the team comes in. So that's something I'm still struggling with. I'll, I'll report back to you. Uh, on my progress there, but it's, it's going to be easier in the summer uh, where I'm not taking the kids to school, but I'm pumped about that for you, man. That, that's so fun. That's so exciting. I'm sure your, sure your wife enjoys it too, where you get home, you get to actually relax a bit before you guys dig into making dinner and things like that. That's a big deal. I love it. I love yeah. it. So we're, we're going to wrap this up, man. I appreciate the, you hopping on here. I know you're getting home after four o'clock today because it's four 30 <laughs> right now. And I appreciate you staying a little bit later and hanging out with us and sharing your journey, sharing what you guys are doing up there in Oklahoma with, with our listeners here in the carrot cast. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm always just pleased and humbled uh, to be able to work with, with clients like you guys are out there making a difference. You're helping lots of people um, that we're able to help you and add a lot of value and in turn, you know, give us feedback on our products. We can make it better, all those kinds of things. So I appreciate you, man. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be inspired and they're going to be able to take direct action from this call. Um, and, and at the very least, people are going to be able to see a, a model and be inspired to go, man, this works. Uh, if, if whatever I'm doing right now doesn't, isn't working, just keep on trying and switching things up until it works. So it works. Um, but any parting words uh, for investors listening to this episode of the CareCast could be on anything at all, but any parting words to help people kind of stay more focused and have a more successful year? Well, I think if, um, if people look at us and think, you know, oh, I could do that if we had that same kind of marketing budget, I think they're missing the point because the margins in real estate transactions are so high that if you're, you know, if you're working by yourself out of your home, you don't have many expenses, one deal a month and you're making great living. Right. And so I think the the main thing to take from it is all of these things that we talked about on this call, you know, SEO and pay-per-click and TV ads, anything are just tools. What the business is, is the personal connection with the people that are needing to sell their home. And that's something that anybody can do. It doesn't cost any money. And you just spend an extra 10 minutes with them and it makes all the difference in the world. Because selling a home outside the ordinary channels can be stressful for people. And if they feel, if you can put them at ease, make them feel safe, make them feel comfortable, you're going to close more deals. And that's what the business is really all about. 
I love it. I love it. Carter, appreciate you, man. Everybody, make sure you guys go over and uh, follow me on Instagram. I, I, post, I post a lot of things on Instagram, kind of behind the scenes. That's kind of my, my jam these days as far as where I post content on the daily. And, and make sure you're subscribed to the Carrot Cast because, number one, uh, you're going to get first access to these. We put them out about a week before they ever hit our blog, I think. Um, but then also... Um, it helps us spread spread this message out to more people. And you know, when you subscribe on there and give comments and, and ratings, it bumps us up in the ratings a little bit, exposes us to a broader uh, reach of audience so we can impact more people. So while you're thinking about it, go over there and smash the subscribe button, uh, subscribe on that puppy on YouTube. And um, I guess it's not iTunes now. It's now it's Apple Podcasts or something like that. They changed it. But uh, we'd appreciate that out of it. Carter, thank you, man. Uh, you're going to you. have something in the mail. You already have a bunch of carrot swags that came out here, but we'll have to figure out what you don't have, and we'll <laughs> pop something in the mail for you as a token of our appreciation for hopping on here with us. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.